Good song, good song. Well, I had uh, mentioned a few weeks ago that, Lord willing, we would uh, be starting in the book of Nehemiah this morning, and uh, I'm glad I prefaced that with Lord willing so that I didn't come out a liar in it because he was not willing, willing, wheeling, he, yeah, okay, that too. Uh, this morning, I, I want to share uh, with you my heart, Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, the, the plan of God, the purpose of God. When I lived in North Carolina, um, I, I didn't know this when I first moved into the area, but there's a section of North Carolina that is very prominently known for pottery production. Seagrove area, Pinehurst, uh, in, in those areas. And you can travel through the area there, and, and there literally are just little, little places of business kind of dotting the landscape, these pottery places. You can go in and you can buy pottery, you can see pottery being made. It was so interesting to me the very first time that I saw pottery being turned there on the wheel and being fashioned. Uh, it, you know, if, if you've seen it on television or something like that, it always looks so easy. They make it look so easy, so effortless. Kind of like the Olympic Games, you know. You see these swimmers going, they make it look so easy. If I was to try that, I would just sink like a rock after about three strokes and be dead. But they make it look so easy... Uh, when, when, they, when they fashioned this pottery into this beautiful, literally a piece of artwork. It's, it's not just a mug, it's not just a plate, it's not just a vase. It becomes a, it becomes a work of art. And in God's Word, we are reminded that He is a master potter that he is involved in shaping and working the clay. And we're the clay. As his children, we belong to him, and he shapes the clay into what he wants to make of it to be used for his purposes. And now what we discover is God promises us that He will work on us and He will shape us until we are what He wants us to be. God doesn't finish His work until we are completed. In fact, in Philippians chapter 1, we read this in verse 6, And I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So God is constantly working upon us. He is constantly bringing the, the force of His strength and His plan and His purpose into our, our lives. And we are constantly, we are consistently a work under construction. That leads us to Jeremiah chapter 18 this morning. Read along with me beginning in verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his will. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. 
Now, if you'll bear with me just a little bit this morning, the sermon is a little bit different than I would normally do, uh, but still nonetheless, uh, the truth of God's Word shines out upon us related to this. The first thing to remember when we deal with the potter and the clay is that there is a vision that the potter has. The potter's vision that he wants to make before the potter can begin working on a piece of clay, he first has to have that piece of clay. He gets that piece of clay, and in Jeremiah's day, the potter would oftentimes go down to what was referred to as potter's pit. And there he would find a lump of clay to be used into fashioning it into whatever it was that he needed. The pit oftentimes was dark, it was damp. In fact, lots of times the best clay would be down at the bottom of the pit, what would be referred to as the miry clay. It was, it was soft. It was, it was pliable. And I think that that's so appropriate given God's work in our lives that He would come to where we are. Isn't it just like God to, to stoop down from the heights of glory down into the depths of human depravity to save us and to lift us up onto His will to be fashioned by His master hand? Do you understand what a condescending thought that is? That God in absolute majesty, in absolute glory, in absolute holiness would stoop down into sinful humanity and would scoop us up and bring salvation to us and say, I'm going to fashion you into something beautiful. Such a condescending thought. Such a thought of lowliness. David the psalmist understood this. In Psalm chapter 40 verse 2 he said, He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog. David understood the depths from which God had rescued him. And how low God had to come in order to lift him up. You see, friends, only God knows what He can do with a common, ordinary lump of clay. Only God knows what He can do with that. He sees in that clay something that He can fashion, not because He sees it in the clay itself, but because He knows His own ability to master and to create something beautiful out of nothing but a lump of clay. I mentioned the Olympics to you a moment ago. Mention them again. You've perhaps watched those, those, those feats of athletic supremacy when, when people and teams are competing back and forth for that gold medal, that silver medal, that bronze medal. And I, I, I kind of had a thought the other day about the bronze medal. You know, kind of how disappointing would that be to win a bronze medal at the Olympics? And then reality came back in on me. Are you kidding? Three? You're one of the three out of the billions on this planet that got that medal? But you see, here's the thing about God. God doesn't say, I want the gold. God doesn't say, I want the silver. God doesn't say, I want the bronze. God says, I want clay. I want dirt. I want mud. 
And God is able somehow, when He says, don't give me that, I'll use clay instead to bring something beautiful out of that. See, God, God is the one that can bring treasures out of trash. God's the one that can bring jewels out of junk. God's the one that can fashion diamonds out of debris. God is the one who says, give me the common, give me the ordinary, and let me make something of it. Not for itself, but for Him. I'm so thankful. And I'm so so needful of the reminder that God has always used what this world would label as misfits and throwaways to accomplish His purpose. A murderer like Moses. God says, I'll make a liberator out of him. A captive like Daniel. And God says, I'll fashion a prayer warrior out of him. A hot-headed fisherman like Peter. And God says, I'll make an apostle out of him. Sinful tax collector like Zacchaeus. God says, I'll make him one of my followers. A persecutor like Paul who comes against the church and God says, I'll make a preacher and a missionary out of him. An adulterous woman caught at the well in conversation with Jesus and God says, I'll make a witness out of her. God takes great delight in taking brokenness and fashioning glory out of it. He uses one piece of clay after another. That's his vision, to use common, ordinary material to make something magnificent and beautiful for his glory. That's you and that's me. That's God's vision to use us and to fashion us and to shape us into something for him. But think about the process of the potter as well. Before he ever uses the wheel, A a, a potter has to knead his clay. Some of you you ladies might be familiar with this if you're kneading a a lump of dough for bread or something like that. To to knead the clay is, is a process to rid it of its impurities and the air that is within it that can cause breakage. And you push upon it, you pound upon it, you twist it, you fold it over on itself, you you turn it back and forth, pushing down on it, pressing down on it, squeezing it together and the potter will get to a point where he he wedges the clay he slices it in half and he slams the halves back and forth together to, to force out those air bubbles within it when the potter feels that the clay is ready gets a a container of water next to his workbench to keep the clay soft and his hands wet to fashion it properly. And then he takes this lump of clay and he throws it down on the wheel. And he sets the wheel in motion. And he surrounds the clay with his hands and he begins to push it and to pull it, forcing it in place true to the center of the wheel. Then he begins to master the clay, making it responsive 
to his touch. He'll, he'll apply pressure at the base of the clay, causing the clay to rise up uh, in, in some sort of like a rounded cone fashion. Up and up and up it goes, and then he presses the top of the clay back down with the palms of his hands or his thumbs, and then he repeats the process, bringing it up, pushing it back down, bringing it up, pushing it back down, repeating the process to make the clay pliable in his hand. And he spins the clay, he shapes the clay, and he fashions the clay into what he wants it to become. You notice some of the descriptions of that. Forces it, masters it, throws it. The potter has to take control of the clay to get the clay where it needs to be. Because the clay's not always easy to work with, is it? Can you think of it in terms of our own lives? See, Paul in Romans chapter 9 says that we are the clay. God is the potter. And so we apply this into our own lives that God has a vision for us that God has a plan to make something of us. And isn't it the case that so often we kind of rebel against that? If we could put human emotions to the clay like we put human emotions to ourselves, it's painful, isn't it? It's painful when God pushes. It's painful when God shapes. It's painful when God molds, isn't it? Isn't it? But yet that's what He does. It doesn't always feel good, even though the desired outcome is good. And that's what we move to now, the purpose of the potter. What does the potter desire? What does the potter want? He wants a vessel that reflects his craftsmanship. See, when, when I went to some of those pottery places in North Carolina, there, there's a kind of a museum there or a visitor center, and you can see various artists with their works of pottery, and you can tell similarities between the artists. The, the pottery shows the potter. And the potter's purpose is to make a vessel that reflects his craftsmanship. That's what God desires. That's what God wants. He wants people to look at us and see his handiwork instead of just simply seeing us. And sometimes what happens is within the shaping, the clay doesn't work so well, an extra air bubble left in it. The, the, the wheel gets off center, something of that nature. The clay doesn't work well, and the potter starts it over. Collapses it down upon itself and begins the process all over again. Why would the potter do that? Why not just take the, the clay and throw it away? Why not just give up on the shaping of it? Well, because the potter is intent on bringing something of beauty out of that lump of clay. Because, see, the glory is not in the clay. The glory is in the work of the potter. The glory is not 
in the clay, and even what is made from the clay, the glory is in the potter who made the clay what it is. And what's the end goal of this for you and me? If we're clay, and God is the potter, what's the purpose, what's the design, what's the desire of the potter? What's He trying to do in our lives? What's God want to see accomplished with us? Romans chapter 8, verse 29 tells us. We read there, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined. Predestined what? To be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. Know what God wants for me? Know what God wants for you? God wants us to become like Jesus. And God is willing to push. God is willing to pull. God is willing to spin us around so that in the end we might become like Jesus. That's what He wants. Now if you're anything like me, you take your eyes off the desire of the potter and you put them upon yourself in the pain of being fashioned to be like Jesus. And it's, ow, that hurts, don't do that. And we move away from becoming like Jesus. God, I don't want to be pulled like that. And we move away from this. And we find ourselves becoming consumed with us instead of consumed with the potter and what the potter wants to do. God's purpose in our lives is that we become like Jesus even if at times that hurts and it causes us discomfort. Because ultimately, friends, nothing matters more than us becoming like Christ. Nothing matters more than that. Nothing matters more than that. And so I want to ask you this morning. First of all, are you clay being used by the Master? Has there ever been a moment of surrender and submission in your life to the work of the Father in what He's trying to do in making you like Jesus? In other words, have you even, have you even been set on the wheel? Have you ever trusted in Christ alone for salvation? Have you ever acknowledged Him as Lord and Savior and submitted yourself to Him saying, I recognize that I am a sinner and I need salvation. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, He went with the purpose of redemption. He died with the purpose of redemption so that you might be able to know God and be forgiven and be set on that path of becoming like Christ. Beyond that, are you, are you fighting against the potter? I mean, honestly, are you fighting against the potter? He wants to make us like Christ. 
but we have a tendency to pull away from Him when the greatest thing we can do is run towards Him, but we pull away from Him because of the pain of being shaped. You see, you're not unusable in the potter's hands. And God has a tenacious way of not giving up on His people. That's a tenacious way of doing that. He loves you enough to not throw you off the potter's wheel, but to keep working and keep fashioning so that you become like Christ. Are, are, are you rebelling against Him in that? Are you fighting against Him in that? Recognizing all along that what the potter wants to do is fashion you into something that brings glory to Him. So that people look and do not say, what an incredible piece of work. But they say, what an incredible worker that made this happen. That's God's desire. That's what He wants to have happen. Would you pray with me this morning, please? Our Father, we thank You that You are the potter and that even when it's tough, even when circumstances don't make sense, even when we are confused by what You're seeking to do to us, Please help us to remember what you're seeking to do through us. To make us more like Jesus Christ. Father, today I pray for those who may not know you. I pray for those who have never confessed faith in Jesus Christ that today they might come to know you and they might experience your love and your mercy and the fact that you never give up but you continually love your people and fashion them so that we become a reflection of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for those who don't know you. Father, today would you please speak to their hearts. Bring conviction that they might confess Jesus as Lord. And I pray, Father, for those of us who do know you that no matter what, we will seek to be moldable in the potter's hands. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you this morning. We'll stand together, sing together. Response that you might need to make, we invite you to come confessing faith in Christ as Lord, uniting with His church family, whatever it might be, if the Lord's laid a decision upon your heart, we invite you to come this morning as we...